I could not physically leave the house. And it was just, everything was just terrifying, the thought mm. of having to get on a flight on my own. And I didn't understand it. No one sat down and went, this is okay, this is normal, this yeah. is fine. Welcome to Live Well, Be Well podcast with your host, Sarah Ann Macklin, and brought to you by the not-for-profit mental health organization, The Be Well Collective. This podcast aims to bring you nutritional insight and mental health awareness through people's own personal journeys and health professionals' evidence-based advice to guide you on your own journey. On Saturday the 10th of October, it was World Mental Health Day, which has sparked open and truthful conversations around mental health illnesses. Yet in my view, we shouldn't just need to do this on one day. This should be an ongoing conversation that we all share to help each other. I can't be more excited to share this episode with you guys today. It's been a long-awaited one with Jodie. And today I speak to Jodie Kidd, an international superstar and model and all-round power woman. Jodie has had a hugely inspiring career, but not without her own struggles. Jodie's been a huge sufferer of anxiety and panic attacks for many years. And in this episode, we delve quite deep into Jodie's career and her own mental health journey. Hi Jodie, welcome to Live Well, Be Well. I'm so happy to have you on. I know, thank you so much for having me. I know we've been trying to do this for, for a little while now, but um, yeah, it's been a slightly crazy year, so um, I'm really glad that we finally got to do it. I'm so pleased we finally got to it, because the last time I think we saw each other was pre-Christmas last year. Um, yes. Which now just seems like a distant memory in a different life. <laughs> A, a totally different lifetime. I know. Gosh, what has happened in almost a year? Can you imagine from us kind of like just having this jovial kind of, you know, Christmas, looking forward to, you know, presents and family and then, gosh, who would have guessed what has just happened in the last 300 odd days? I know. It's absolutely crazy. I think the last thing I was like, I'm going to come down to your pub. And then we went into lockdown. <laughs> Yes, I know, I know. Oh dear, the poor pub. I know, well, I really want to talk about that actually, but I want to first of all yeah. start talking about you um, in the beginning and like your yeah. childhood, because what was it like growing up for Jodie? Like, how was it with food um, and you're, you're one of five and you're sporty? Like, tell yes. me about your childhood. I've, I've a very, very lucky and blessed childhood um, and lived out in the countryside, was brought up on a farm. So was, um, you know, very used to kind of going out with mum or with Rach to pick up, to, to go to the vegetable garden. So it was really wholesome. Um, you know, we used to bit sit on tractors and make hay and kind of like horses and dogs and just animals around and and you know so very very stable lovely clean living outside all the time um childhood with uh, being the youngest of five so yes I, I i got to basically had to grow up pretty 
pretty quickly mm-hmm. um and um but just very very wholesome very very lucky um and i'm incredibly thankful for that and i've actually moved back to the same area as where i was brought up to try and give that childhood that i had back to my son to indy um so yeah it was it was really wonderful very family orientated we lived um on a on a on a kind of farm where my grandmother lived auntie lived you know we all a big family all congregated together so you can imagine the kind of the christmas dinners and the birthdays and things like that so it was it was just packed full of laughter and joy and and you know and as i keep on saying very very wholesome um and yeah and that was my basic my memories of of being kind of under 10 and Mm. then I kind of went to boarding school and things went very different (laughs) (laughs) then it all changed then it all majorly changed yes that was um I mean that was quite a shock to the system and it was also at the same time where my parents um moved abroad so um kind of being in this very kind of close-knit wonderful family unit to to being at boarding school um to my parents living in a different country um you know it was it was a big it was a big change I can um, imagine a huge yeah and change. my yeah and my my I was very lucky to have one year at the same school as my older sister so that kind of that first alien very kind of well not a hostile environment but it's kind of a very scary environment when Mm. you're suddenly at boarding school and you're sleeping in dorms with people you don't know you know that I actually had that first year with my sister so she kind of showed me the ropes and then she went on and and went to the the next schooling thing I can't remember what it was but yeah so that was that was at least a a positive but you know not saying that I hated school but Mm. but you know it's boarding school is you know it's quite it's quite tough Mm. um and you know and and even though you get amazing bonds with your friends you know it's very very kind of very lonely and you know and it it was tough because I was very dyslexic and um dyslexic yeah and it was and they didn't really understand it um you know god I was in this was 25 years ago Mm. so god that's scary saying that um (laughs) uh, so they didn't really understand it so they you know I had to I didn't I didn't get any extra help I had to go at the same speed as everyone else um you know if we were writing dictations I had to go with the fastest person and then my writing was just completely illegible and I would just then for revising I would just I'd be like this is like a foreign language I don't Mm. know what I've even written um so therefore I kind of Yeah, I just had a tough time um, uh, with the with the kind of academic side, mm. um, but thankfully I had you know this this sporty side. So the, so I was kind of like just obsessed with sports and was kind of representing the county and in swimming and in lacrosse and all of these things. So so I kind of like just just shied away from anything. Um, remotely academic and just sat in the back of the class class and tried not to um disrupt anyone but but of course couldn't help it because we've got that naughty kind of family kid streak in us so it was constantly kind of in detentions for disrupting the class um but I had this sporty side so I just loved I just looked out the window and all I wanted to do was be outside and you know run around and compete which Mm. was a very kind of early installed thing is is this kind of very 
big will to win that our family have mm. um and yeah so so it was kind of like it was interesting it was a very interesting process um and i learned a lot and um you know i then came out of school uh with with one gcse which was a c in art um which was you know not 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 the best um wasn't wasn't going to get me into too many universities um but um but i then uh, went into modeling i really wanted to to show jump and that was what i was doing on the sidelines was I had um, ponies and I was every time I had an exiat or, or a weekend I'd come back and I would compete show jumping and and I would buy very naughty ponies and um, and I would then train them make them good sell them on so I was kind of oh, working wow, you're business savvy you're yeah business age. yeah very very and um, and and I think that's you know the thing when you're when you're brought up on a farm you know you're constantly learning about you know buying livestock selling livestock kind of doing all those things going to the shows going to all of these kind of you know it's it's kind of part and parcel of of that kind of lifestyle mm -hmm. so that was what I knew so so I just wanted to follow my dad's footsteps and be a um, an international show jumper and that was my dream and and um and I had my ponies on the side but then as soon as I left school um I was going from ponies up into horses because when you get to 16 you can't you can't go in the juniors anymore mm. so I just got my first youngster horse and he kept on rubbing his tail in the lorry because I only had a little pony lorry um and I needed to get a bigger lorry and I couldn't afford it so um someone said well you should try modeling because you're like a you're like a string bean you're so tall um you know you're kind of quirky looking um and a friend of my mother's was um was this lady called Lorraine Ashton who was married to Terry O'Neill I think they weren't married but they were long-term partners with Terry O'Neill who's a very famous photographer mm. and um and I went up to see her at IMG in London and and she said absolutely you'll be brilliant let's take some test shots and I thought right well I'll do it for six months I'll get enough money to 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 pay for my my horse lorry and then off I go with my country dreams of becoming an international show jumper but um that didn't that didn't last long as um as, you know well yeah, something when, that I've never told you is that I actually got scouted by IMG and Lorraine did and, you yeah oh so, my goodness and, and when they scouted me I was at a pop concert um because I'm not far from where you grew up either and I was at a pop concert down there and they came up and they said to me oh have you ever thought of modeling and I'd never ever ever thought I could be a model and they literally oh we represent Jodie Kidd <laughs> Oh my God! There was that 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 you was the, the lure. Name. You were the name that they said to me, and I was like, "What?" Wow. And then I called my brother, who worked in the magazine industry. Um, yeah. He worked for L um, L magazine at the time, and I was like, "Do you know yeah. an agency called IMG?" Apparently, oh, they represent Jodie Kid. Well, if that, if that's <laughs> true, then that's a pretty big agency. That's the best one. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I do know who they are." And then he took me up, and I was fifteen. But yeah, you were the, you were the name Amazing. that was ever first mentioned to me from IMG. Can't believe it. Did they put? I wonder were they still in Jacob's Well Muse? Yes. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, the memories coming back and that round table, and they had yeah. you know no computers in those days. It was all kind of pen and paper. Mm -hmm. um, 
How yeah. brilliant. So Amazing. Funny. So like small world. Such a small world. I was like, I never never told you that. But yeah, you were the no. you were the first ever name that was mentioned to me, and quite rightly, because you know, your career mm. was just absolutely incredible and it was amazing you were scouts at 15 and then what happened yeah. so you kind of left and you were like oh okay so I'm now gonna go and buy my horse a, a bigger lorry that's the ambition yeah. and then that what happened it. I think I mean it was so quick it was I remember going up um and I got on a train from and this was when we were in, living in um Gloucestershire and I can't remember I got a train from Swindon or something and then came in on my own and or that on itself was kind of like quite a major thing you know coming into London mm. and being on the train and I was like so grown up um and um and yes yeah, so it just went had my test shots then I um I shot quite early for company magazine mm -hmm. like literally within a couple of weeks um and then I did another English news, uh, new, it was a newspaper, it was like the Sunday Times, uh, kind of like the inside the of the Sunday Times, yeah. the supplement, which was, you know, wonderfully, um, be, you know, beautiful shoots going on. And they don't seem to, they don't seem to do that so much, but it was kind mm. of like a real amazing thing to be, get the supplement. And, um, and the next thing I know, they said, um, they said, right, we want you to do some shows because you're quite tall. Um, because you're six foot one, and, is that right? Six foot yeah, one. Six yeah, two, six two actually. Six two. Um, oh wow. Yeah, but they never put that on my composite because otherwise I'd be far too tall. Isn't that it funny? Was... <laughs> they used to always put my height up. They'd be like, "She's five ten." They'd be yeah. like, "I'm not five ten. <laughs> yeah, mine went down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I then I then did um, I did my first one of my first shows was called the New Generation in um, in London, which is basically like all of the top five designers or maybe a few more designers out of um St Martin's mm. which is the 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 fashion academy in London the very famous one um they they can showcase like four or five um outfits and I got picked with to showcase Alexander McQueen's oh, so wow. um yeah, so this was when he was. This was called the New Gen Show, and so I did his. Did his one of his outfits, um, and um, and then the. I mean, just literally the next thing I know, I'm in New York, and um, it was such a whirlwind, and mm. it happened so quickly, mm. um, and I think I I I was opening Bagley Mushka in New York, and I was sitting there, and I was literally next to Naomi and Helena and Kate and everyone and I was going okay this is like really mad <laughs> and and you know just being in New York and it was just so quick that's why I'm finding it quite difficult in my kind of uh, calendar in my head of yeah. ha where and when but that was the first moment quickly. if someone likes you that's it yeah and then you're off and you don't have you're gone. you can't make a plan you, do, you don't have a life <laughs> You don't, I literally was like, um, I suppose like a, like someone that worked for MI6, I had this bag, this grab bag by the, by the front door and I would sit down on the sofa, my phone would go and they would go, you need to be on the six o'clock flight, um, to JFK oh, for, and I would li yeah. grab, grab the bag, run straight out. You know, I just like, it was, it was extraordinary the mm -hmm. the the speed and and how everything happened so quickly and and it was literally 
like a whirlwind mm. for the next 10 years. Mm. Um, and um, it was, there's some amazing moments. And, you know, I did a lot of shows because of my height. Um, mm. So I do all of the couture shows twice a year. I do all of the, uh, the Pret-a-Porter spring and summer um, and the autumn, winter, you know. So I was just showing 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 and then have a you know a month off and then next lot of shows would happen and then a couple of weeks on next lot so you know I was doing up to 10 shows a day um you know in every single country you yeah. know I, I think I even went and opened fashion week in Singapore oh, and wow. in India and you know I went and did these amazing experiences so it was just it was just full-on mm. and and I think at that age, I didn't, I was too young to appreciate it. I was just like this cocky, cocky little kind of kid running around, you know, kind of not realising the kind of magnitude and the incredible photographers and makeup artists and hairdressers and designers and all of these most, I mean, just extraordinary human beings mm. um, that, that were creating making me become someone else or something else and and you know get making me kind of translate that, that to the rest of the world um you know it was a, it was an amazing amazing experience but it was just so quick it was like boom and then i was like and then we can go on to that a bit later on but yeah. um yeah, yeah, yeah i had we'll to kind to of get back to get back to normality quite quickly but but extraordinary um experience and mm. extraordinary pictures I look back on and and you know thank god we didn't have social media or instagram yes. but or anything like that but actually thank goodness we do now because people keep sending me pictures or tagging me in pictures and I'm going oh my god I don't even <laughs> remember that where is that and it's kind of like some incredible outfit somewhere that you know it's like don't really... when you start modelling at 15, you have a whole photo album of you ageing and growing up. <laughs> Literally. No. You can look no, through well, the I mean, years and look through yeah. all the different photos. And yeah, that was when you were 15, 16, 17. I mean, it's pretty, like, yeah. you have a whole archive of such amazing I know. experiences. I, I know, I know. And I've got to, I've got to do that. But I just, even with the magazine, I don't know where they are. You mm. know, they've been just chucked somewhere and then kind of life just went in so many twists and roundabouts but um but no it's um I really do look back and and now Indy's getting so he was just nine he's much more interested in kind of mummy as a model and what was it like and and now I can show him kind of videos and show him pictures and he's like that's not you and I'm going oh, yeah wow. that's mummy and he's like no way and it's kind of like there was the it was the picture of um one of Alexander McQueen's shows where I've got red contact lenses in my whole eye is red and I look like this rather bizarre alien um and, and so he was like what is that and I was going believe me that was one of the biggest designers in the world he was like really and I was going yeah that was that was uh you know the fashion in the late 90s early 2000s he was like oh my god it's one of those um, things as I think when you're in the fashion industry it's even more multiplied on just how big that is I think even on the outside mm. obviously it's huge McQueen, but when you're inside the fashion industry it's multiplied yeah. even more by the magnitude of that you're actually doing that show because there's only what 20 girls in that show and that's 20 girls from the entire world yeah. picked for that show and gosh i yeah. think like you know 
It's amazing. It's incredible. It's it's amazing. And I think a lot of people look at modelling and I think the most intense modelling periods, I guess maybe from my experience, but I'm sure you probably would agree, is, is the shows. Because there's this mm. huge social comparison element that comes with shows because you queue up, you find the cast and director, um, and this goes on and you have maybe, I don't know, up to 10 castings a day, maybe more. Um, I think mm -hmm. sometimes I had 18. Um, and you're constantly comparing yourself to who's getting booked and, you know, yeah. the weight of other girls and the height of other girls and the body shapes of other girls. Um, yeah. And I think there's this huge perception with models that they're really ultra confident, you know, they have huge no. self-esteem, you know, they, they think they're amazing, they think, you know, they, they must be perfect. And actually, my experience of all of my friends from modeling from 15 is that they're actually the most insecure people you have ever met. Yeah. Um, yeah you're constantly judged every single day of your life. And it's like going for an interview 10 times over in the same day and maybe being rejected yeah. 10 times over oh, on the same day. Absolutely. And being rejected in quite cruel manners as well. Yeah. Um, you know, this isn't like, oh, you know, thank you very much, we'll let you know kind of thing. It's like, you're fat, you have Get a terrible out. chin. Yeah. You've got, you well, look at your eyes. Oh my God, you know. Um, so it's it's very it's very brutal um like how did you I was, do I have, that well i was really blinking lucky and so i literally came from you know deepest gloucestershire to to where i didn't really i mean i obviously went to go see a lot mm -hmm. photographers but when it came to the shows i think once you've you've established a name and you're in you know they they go right who's in who's opening Chanel, who's mm. um, closing Valentino, who's that? And when you're in, when you're doing that level, I never had, I never had enough time to, to go see or to, I mean, I'd literally fit and do the show, fit, do the show, fit, the mm. do the show. So I was super lucky that I didn't have to do that because that, and it wasn't until right at the end, oh no, I stopped and then I came back to modelling and I remember going to, and I got asked to do um, just a one-off show for Moschino, um, I mean this was only five years ago, um, and so I was in, it flew down to Italy and I was in the uh, like a model hotel and I was on my own and I was literally in and out and it was in between, I think I was racing cars or doing something. So I was, you know, I haven't been in this world for a long time and I mm. sat and I was just chatting to some of the girls there. And one of them was in a corner crying her eyes out and and so I pulled her over and I started chatting to her and and it just reminded me of the loneliness and you know you're in a foreign country you're you're literally you don't speak a word of the language you you're you're treated like a piece of meat you mm. you you have these people poking you with pins you don't know why they're not choosing you you don't know what's going on you're literally told you know to jump and you've just got to say how high and it's exhausting and you know, you, you don't finish work till three o'clock in the morning, but you've got to be back on set at six, you know, but you've got to be springy and jovial and fun. And, you know, otherwise they're like, just get out of here. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's really belittling and horrible. And it was just reminded me of, of how incredibly lucky I was in the industry to to kind of bypass all of that and how tough um, and how 
horrendous it is for someone's well-being mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that loves the industry, might have had a really good year and then have dipped off a little bit and then you have to slog it out again. And, and, and you know, the, I found, the, especially in Italy, actually France, they were quite, they're, they're blinking rude. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not nice. You literally are like a, a, a bit of meat that you know that doesn't have a, a soul or or a character you should just turn up not say anything do what you say and and then leave and then turn up being you know perfect the next time i see you yeah i remember that from it's, my first show yeah in paris yeah they're 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 really quite full-on um and it did it really angered me actually and it um and it really upset me um yeah, but I was just, you know, I was really, I just feel very lucky and very blessed that I just kind of had that level and then and then I started suffering anxiety and then I, well, I had to pull myself out. More, I guess, then. Oh, so, I was, like, really badly yeah. because, you know, I talk a lot about the difficult relationships with food that I encountered from living yeah. in model apartments and from the just the general pressure, like, of being mm. in the modeling industry and you know from being a showgirl of like mm. how how small those sizes can be um yeah and so you're like how did that affect you how did that how did your relationship with food transform from a country girl in Gloucestershire to yeah. Yeah. going into kind of opening Alexandra McQueen like how was your relationship with food yeah. and how was how did you see everyone else's relationship with food around you change because it's such a big thing yeah, I just, I, another thing that's just, I was always very, very tall, so I could put away, and the thing is, I suppose where, where, and a lot of people ask me this question, and I've never, I've never had anorexia, I've never looked in the mirror and gone, I'm fat, um, mm. and I need to lose weight, even though I'm size zero or whatever, I never, never, ever had that, I, I was very lucky to be able to, um, to kind of get away with eating a pizza and you know and it's only in my late 20s and 30s where you eat the pizza and actually your stomach it doesn't kind of go and you're going <laughs> wow it used to go now it doesn't um but you know i i don't know whether it was nervous energy but i burnt i burnt a lot but i think i think where you know i always kept quite skinny at the beginning was because you know you don't have you don't have access to easy food, good food in those days. You couldn't pop into pret manger and get a nice salad or mm. the only fast fast food restaurants you had was like McDonald's or, you know, or a gas station or something like that. So you didn't have the availability to, to eat something on the go. It was literally you had to go to a restaurant, sit down kind of thing or, a, you know, it was all bad food or it took too long. Mm. So... So I think the speed that I was having to travel around anyway, I just didn't have enough time to eat. And then when, so I was always really skinny. And then I started getting in trouble for um, for being too skinny by the British press. And they were accusing me of anorexia and things like that, which which a hundred million percent I never had. I just just didn't eat. I was just running around the world of 300 miles an hour. And believe me, when I stopped, I ate like um you know like a horse um yeah. did you and, ever stop and be um, like oh my god i feel like i'm not looking after myself at that point did you ever think like i think i was at so young yeah. i could get away with it yeah now my i couldn't do it. no way in the world my body would just go uh-uh 
And it would just, you know, uh, uh, but then I think I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So I, I could pretty much kind of abuse my body as in lack of sleep, mm. traveling, um, you know, not eating, not looking after it, not putting good nutrients into it. All of these things that I know are so important now mm. um, that that I could just get away with it. But then I didn't because I started then suffering from I don't know. It just seemed, I don't know whether it was triggered by the press in the UK um, with a very, really vile attack on myself being the worst role model and 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 a very, very personal, um, you know, dig up of my whole life and, and made it very public and doctored pictures um you know of me of of chasing me down roads by the press of of you know of, of phone hacking of all of these things that that you know was a real shock that yeah. I also started at the time suffering from anxiety yeah I then um I then started becoming it because with anxiety I didn't know what it was at this mm. time I didn't I went to a doctor and I said I can't I'm sitting. I feel my heart is beating out my chest. I'm. I my pa palms go really sweaty. I'm not sleeping. I had an insomnia, um, and then when you've got this, which I now know is this fight or flight. I was in a constant state of this fight or flight. The last mm. thing you want to do is sit down and eat a great big meal yeah. of food. You just kind of literally want to get away from everything. Mm. Um, and so that then sent me on a spiral. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. Well. I got more and more skinny. But I was then, ironically, working more and more than I ever had. Yeah. Um, not saying anything about the fashion industry. But the, I got, you know, it was just this whirlwind. Um, then the press were writing even more. And it was, it was, you know, and I was still young. I was still 20 years old and just, you know, literally thrust into the very bad negative side of 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 press and mm. media and being hounded by paparazzi and you know I'd literally be sitting here and someone would be hanging over you know the wall and chasing me down motorways and things while I was driving you know really wow. scary stuff as yeah. a youngster Hugely. um and and yeah and I just I just got to the point where I just couldn't I, I remember I was doing the couture Oh, by by this point, I'd moved out of London from from the paparazzi, from mm. everything. I wanted to get out into the country because I knew Is I was safe the in the country. Dealing with it. Is that how you kind of dealt this, with it? Was to leave the situation and yes, that was making I, you anxious. Absolutely, and I kind of started slowly moving further out of London. I kind of, you know, was in Central, then I went to Fulham, then I went to Putney, then I went to Hammersmith, and I was slowly kind of moving out now. And then eventually um, went out to Wiltshire. And um, and so I knew I was close enough to the airport, but I was close enough to mates and, and kind of, you know, the, the where I moved after being in Sussex. Um and and I said I just need to get back to walking and being around animals and planting my own veg patch and growing flowers and you know just I need to I need normality. All mm. my mates were in university, having the best time, you know, gap years, doing all of this, and I was l literally 
jumping on a Concorde, flying to New York to do one shoot, then getting another flight down to there. You know, it was it was extraordinary um, what I was doing. And I just needed normality. I yeah. just needed, I needed to be me again. And, mm. um, and so, but I still was working, but I was then really suffering from anxiety and I remember I was doing the uh, I was and I was on um, exclusivity with Carl Lagerfeld and Chanel for a lot for 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 a long time mm. and I was just flying to Paris to do the Chanel Couture to kind of open it and close it and do whatever and then that was my only show and then come back home and and it was the morning that I had to get the flight and I I couldn't leave the house and for for most people that's not a terrifying thing you're not having to go and do 50 shows mm. and sleep in a hotel and literally I was in and out they knew all my sizes they had all my outfits ready you know it was it was a walk in the park but I could not physically leave the house um and and it was just everything was just dark everything was just I just couldn't couldn't have it was terrifying the thought mm. of having to get on a flight on my own and I didn't understand it no one sat down and went this is okay this is normal this yeah. is fine um you know you I was treated felt that you were in a privileged position that you couldn't feel that which is horrific because yeah that's just not right at all you know yeah there was no explanation to you that yeah it's, it's okay to not be okay or from or from the medical side as well. You know, I was given beta blockers and I walked around for two weeks like a zombie oh and I was goodness. like, ah, this is not, you know. So it's the medical side yeah. that was not supportive. The industry didn't really know what the hell. They just want you to walk up and down that catwalk and yeah. and that's it. And, you know, and also my family were, I mean, thank God, my sister was my saving grace in the end. But, you know, they were, of course, incredibly worried, but it you know, they thought if you had a panic attack, you'd just breathe into a brown paper bag, which mm. is basically hyperventilating yourself, which is the last thing you want to bloody do. Yeah. Um, that that was how you treat it. And and then this this thing where you actually think you're going to die, you think you are so terrified um, that, that, you know, just then is either depression. I don't know what hit me, but I just went, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it anymore. And that was, that was pretty much the end of my modeling career and I think even Carl was on the phone going you you've we've designed this outfit for you couture it's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds you better get your freaking skinny ass to, to Paris now and um and I just couldn't do it you didn't get just on the couldn't flight. do it no couldn't do it couldn't do it and then and that then it's such a overwhelming moment in your life I can't imagine that that moment. Yeah, I, I mean, it what, took how, a huge amount of guilt as well, which was. But how sad then, is that you have to have guilt to to you know that should be people should be worried for your own health at that point. You know, yeah, there should yeah. be people around you saying, like, actually, what can we do if you're in this state? This is not, you know, this is not a yeah, healthy no. state to be in, and we need to help you. But actually, you no. end up having to go through all this shame and guilt, which isn't right. Yeah. Oh God. And then months and months of trying to or probably years of trying to heal myself but by doing it through you know testing and adjusting and trying different things and adjusting and you know I tried to I thought right I need to 
get back riding horses. I then got on a horse to walk with a friend of mine just to, to just walk to go for a hack and I had a massive anxiety attack. And I was like, if I if I'm having them on a horse where I'm supposed to be at the most happiest point of my life, which was my childhood riding, you know, doing cowboys and Indios and on horses, uh, in, Indians, sorry, Indios, my son. Um, you know, that I thought, if I, I, where do I go from here? So it took a, a massive, massive healing journey for me to get out of that. And, you know, and still no one was talking about it. But, but my sister, my sister had had anxiety and she um and she she kind of gave me uh saying crystals really helped Mm -hmm. taking rescue remedy um she was doing she was much more explorative in it and so she was really my guiding light in in helping me kind of understand this I don't even know. Do you call it an illness? I don't know if you call it an illness. It is, it is one of it is a mental health illness. Yeah. Anxiety, definitely. Yeah, and it's yeah. borderline. You know, goes similar hand in hand with depression. But I yeah, mean, absolutely. There's no. I mean, there's. You can't expect from your life to not have any effect on you know you weren't you're still emotionally growing you know you're scouted at yeah. 15 and the next thing you're on a concord you're living in new york you're opening shows you're going a million miles yeah. per hour you're not having a chance to breathe your emotional yes. development is still very much young and at you're 15 learning. yeah you're learning about <laughs> yeah. yourself while all your friends yeah. are in normality you're you're not and also the thing about modeling world is you're always around people that are older than you. Like you're on set totally. and everybody's like 15, 20 years older than you. So all the models I know grow Absolutely. up so quickly and have such a mature head yeah. by the time they're 21 because all they've been surrounded by is people 15 to 20 years older than them. Absolutely. You are thrusted into such an adult world at such an early age is 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 so true mm-hmm. you know and that's also that's also you know the the thought of you know having to to literally stand there naked in a g-string in front of 30 people whilst mm-hmm. you know an outfit has been has been pinned onto your body you yeah. know for hours and all of these things so you're literally stripped down to mm-hmm. you have no protection you know you're just you're just you're naked you know that i'm mentally physically spiritually everything and you're just you know so so you become incredibly you know it's not volatile what's the right word i can't think of it but you know um uh, i can't think of the word but yeah it's just it's you know it is it's very you know looking back on it i just look back at all the i look back at all the wonderful moments but then you know because i'm quite good at compartmentalizing and putting things in boxes and yeah. like saying oh i didn't like that I'll put that over there but actually looking back you know how how tough and actually now you've said things like that you go do you know what yeah someone should have bloody looked after me yeah and gone you're okay and it you know and it took it's only taken i'm still learning now about anxiety and Mm. and and i think we always will because it's the brain and the brain is a a wonderful very interesting um bit of equipment (laughs) how how do you deal with um your anxiety now like how do you and what kind of things have you learned to help you deal with anxiety and panic attacks yeah so um so i um my sister got me a book and it was written by a guy called charles linden 
and he does kind of steps and things like that but I didn't do the steps but the first page is like basically you've just got to know that this is what's happening to your body when you get an anxiety attack and Mm -hmm. it just explains it in very layman terms that you know this is a gland the gland then goes into this when it's used to putting this fight or flight or putting you into the stage then it over releases and so you're constantly kind of flooded with this this um excretion or whatever it is adrenaline Adrenaline excreted um and 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 basically this is then what happens this whole process and Mm. so so I kind of as soon as I felt one happening I could talk myself out of it that I wasn't going to die I wasn't nothing was going to happen it's going to be okay it is going to finish Mm. it is going to you know especially if you get up go for a walk change your mindset breathe do these very simple things have I always always travel with crystals I always travel with um kind of like essential oils with back flower remedies little things like that really worked for me and you know it took a lot of testing and adjusting and everyone is is different so you know some people might go right I can go and have some buy a lovely rose quartz and hold it. it might not do anything but for someone it might be really amazing power amazingly powerful mm-hmm. so you know every room i'm looking at one now i've got kind of like aura sprays i've got you know scents uh, aromatherapy things that kind of really make me feel grounded mm-hmm. um going for walks as i said breathing is really important changing mindset is another really really important thing so w- once i started getting them and i did all of these things they stopped they stopped happening and you took yourself um, out of an environment which, which made you anxious anxious exactly. which i think is one of the fundamental points a lot of people stay in it and they feel anxious but they they can't get rid of their anxiety because they haven't got rid of the the triggering situations well, I mean, as well i wouldn't i wouldn't say that going and the natural progression for someone that has come has left a very successful career from a mental health issue going into racing cars might not be <laughs> the natural progression but yes I was like right do you know what I'm going to do I'm going to push my anxiety to a maximum to try and control it yeah by racing 200 mile an hour cars around you know Imola Monza Nürburgring whatever you you need adrenaline and cortisol for that I have to say exactly (laughs) so 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 maybe I was doing it because I knew that if I had released enough (laughs) that doing whilst I was racing I'd be exhausted and I'll go home and I'll sleep really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, how about food? Like, did that help? Did you change your relationship with food? Because obviously when you were in such yeah. a heightened state of anxiety, as you said, you know, you didn't want to eat, you weren't hungry. And when you were eat. eating, no. you were just having, you know, like can coke and yeah, you know, crisps yeah, and literally. McDonald's. Which actually Monst- a lot of models munch. do have. I know a lot of people think that models don't eat, but actually a lot of models don't no, no, eat, we do. eat well at all. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. You know, there's there's a massive link. I talk about it a lot as a nutritionist, but there's a huge link between nutrition and mental health. (gasps) And how did your diet change with, you know, because you actually read a book and I love the name of your book was Balance balance your life balance and it's all life. about yeah. balance it's the number one key word that I drum into a lot of people um, exactly and it's something you really embody you know how did your because obviously your relationship with food changes immensely when you're modeling because of your anxiety but how did that flip once you kind of came out of that world it's, it came, it was from moving back out to the country and started growing my own veg oh fantastic um, which was what I'd been brought up on and actually there's something 
if you're even if you get a little tiny bucket or you've got a or you've got a window um a little window planter just growing something and then grabbing a, a bit of you know rosemary or 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 some thyme and you know opening your window and sprinkling it on whatever that 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 gratification of of getting green fingers of growing mm. something of eating it you know i was lucky because i lived in the country so i could do you know i could do potatoes and carrots and spinach and green beans and you know so i just i love to grow veg and i and and eat healthily but i didn't actually know and that i was doing it for me because of the process of being outside in the garden was was healing mm. but i didn't actually know at the time how actually it was probably the food that i was putting in my body was healing me more than probably i mean it was probably you know 50 50 but nutrients yeah getting absolutely everything's organic everything's home cooked um you know that that those the goodness of of you know cooking something from scratch cooking loads with loads of veg and loads of good stuff how your body just is just so thankful mm. and just and just performs to its its maximum and how important that is for mental your mental health as well so it, it's it's it just is such an important thing that actually so i worked with worked with amelie who's um uh, an amazing nutritionist and 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 um and a, a fitness um guru i shall say <laughs> and so we came together with balance your life and it was kind of like um it was me going through the process so this is a kind of like a a, a control alt delete yeah. moment so it's where you just no flush you just cleanse flush you just follow this 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 couple of weeks um you eat really well cut out alcohol cut the sugars out do exercise da -la -la, and it's like you can just restart your body and and how wonderful your body and your brain and clarity um actually what it does when you eat well when you look after it you sleep well it's extraordinary and then you can go back and you know go and have a glass of wine and mm. and go and have your big bowl of pizzas and, or bowl of pasta and you know so um it's it was a really interesting process and it was the first time where i really went oh my goodness you know i have actually even though just having a glass of wine here or having fast food or you know how damaging that is to your body and how better you feel how better you, you you sleep better honestly your skin's better your hair's mm. better your moods are better your everything when you look after yourself is um and eat well um eat and sleep and exercise i mean it's it's, it's yeah i mean same so, i mean you've probably done that as well i know a lot of women have are spending so many time on restricted diets and you know limiting yeah. your food and it's limiting your nutrients which is having Absolutely. such a toll on your energy and you're fatigued yeah. and your skin and your hair and you know even kind of your day-to-day -day goings of you know your mental ability to cope is really yeah. strained and i think the fact that you know yeah, you're you, so down you're so down it causes well mm. you know a lot of all of your neurotransmitters like your dopamine and your serotonin they're all made within your gut and if you're not feeding mm. your gut properly you're not going to be making the precursors to make these neurotransmitters and that's going to really affect Absolutely. your emotional health and your mental health so it's amazing that you kind of came to like this 
amazing journey where you just went, actually, I'm chucking yeah. all of that out the door. I'm chucking all of the restrictions and all of the pressures and of food and everything out the door. And I'm just going to go and go into nature and I'm going to cook. Because I think that's a huge therapy. You actually yep. take time for yourself. Like you're in the kitchen for 30, love, love 40 it. minutes. Yeah. Well, like what's your favourite dish yep. to cook? I mean, oh, it's really difficult because we're in the country. <laughs> I can I'm tell someone's a foodie when they say that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like very seasonal. So now we're kind of going into more stews and mm. lots of soups and kind of just yummy, hearty food. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even though I keep going back to it, but I love every week every couple of weeks have a big spag bowl but we have whole oh, whole whole wheat spaghetti so i've taken everything white out so you know if we're if we're eating bread it's kind of rye bread or you can get such meal. good stuff now yeah all wholemeal um and then everything from the garden so i pulled up loads of um loads of uh carrots and mm. celeries and just peppers so tons of tons of veg within your delicious things like lasagnas or pastas or or you know things like that so so i'm kind of learning now especially with indie is is you know how do i get all that veg in without it looking like a veg (laughs) well isn't it true that you wrote your book because you looked at the back of the back of a cereal packet that your daughter um or india was eating yeah, and son, actually son, son, yeah. son, so was eating yeah. and you actually were like how Shock. much sugar is in that and this is what i always try to portray to people is a lot of people feed their children with themselves all of these foods that are labeled healthy and actually when they're you not. dissect the information they're just mm. sugar bombs and people are like well i'm giving them you know this really really healthy cereal and i'm thinking well actually yes. you're just giving them pure table sugar um, it's terrible and yeah. I think they're gonna have someone's going to have to stop it because it's just extraordinary I mean everything yeah. that says oh this is an organic juice or whatever and you yeah. look at the back and you're like that's as much as a can of coke yes. you know or something it's extraordinary it and is. and and one can of coke is almost three times the amount of what the amount of sugar that a child is allowed yeah. legally like to have yeah. in the UK from exactly. the government and mm-hmm. it's like what is going on here? And um, we, yeah, it's so true. And then they wonder why ch- like young children are getting diabetes. We're all <laughs> exactly and all obese and all end up, you know, then starving ourselves. Going, oh my god, we're too. You know, it's it's it, a very wicked circle. It is that we're in. It is. But, um, but how fantastic but, but, that you know he's growing up with a mum like you who is taking him out into the garden <laughs> and has a fantastic yes. pub which also has a vegetable yes. plot which i really it can't does. wait to come down and see yeah it's all well slightly neglected at the moment i'm afraid um we're still closed um because we just i just knew yeah yeah well obviously we we had to in lockdown we closed um and then when we were supposed to open in july um I just had a sneaky feeling that everything was going to go terribly wrong when winter came mm-hmm. and, you know, and then the dreaded flu and COVID again and yeah. everything would rise. And I, I was just, so I thought, right, it's, it, let's tread water. Let's not, not get all the team off furlough. Let's leave them on for for as long as we can, which unfortunately we've not got long left. Um, mm. And um, and then see what we can do because we're we're two rosettes so we're very foodie yeah. um to get you know i needed to get four chefs back in i need to get you know six people front of house and um and it's just i couldn't i it, it was just cost effective not to to open it so so we're we're still closed but 
we're I don't know. At the moment, we're treading water. That's all I'm saying is we're just waiting to see what happens with this ghastly, ghastly virus. But um, it's hospitality is not not doing well. I know. It's, it's, it's such a sad, sad sight to just see all these amazing yeah. businesses having to struggle in this horrific time no, no. that we're in with no clarity. I mean, that's an anxiety-driven situation if I've ever heard of one, of the oh, pure uncertainty that COVID has brought to so many people and life-changing situations. Um, and we were losing we were losing five pubs a day before the, before the before. pandemic. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, so we were losing a 1,000. So that's, that's why I bought my Great pub. Britain. <laughs> I know. I know, and that's why I bought I bought the little village one because I'd seen all our other local little villages lose their pubs to become houses, and so I dread to think how many have closed for good through this period. But anyway, I'm going to keep ours going. Good. We shall survive. Please, I really and want to come down and see your beautiful, yes, beautiful pub yes. and vegetable gardens, <laughs> and it just looks oh, incredible. But I mean, a pleasure. Apart from your pub, which also you've been a very busy woman Jodie I have to say I mean obviously it's taken a while for us to get this on but you I mean you are an adrenaline drunk in my head because you do I mean you just you have so much energy it's it's just it's incredible you were on I'm a Celebrity then you went on to MasterChef then you went on to Street yes. Come Dancing and now you're on this new TV program that's about to come out don't called Don't Rock the Boat Don't Rock the Boat on ITV and I was like oh my gosh when you sent me that voice note and you were doing? like I'm up in Scotland I'm like what is she doing <laughs> I, I mean, literally it sounds it's like <laughs> like my biggest fear it's i mean it's, it's like red rag to a ball with me if you say right do you want to go and climb a mountain i'm like yes sure <laughs> let's do it let's raise money for charity let's do it let's go and, I, well, and I'm, like have next you ever, time i'm sending <laughs> you a challenge for the be well collective and you now have to say yeah yes <laughs> oh my god of course oh i'm always the nutcase that does it. and then gets half two days in and i'm going i really hate this <laughs> but no i i do it i complete everything but this was yes so it's a new itv show coming out in november where there's six celebs in in two boats and we basically have to race um in a rowing boat, an Atlantic, one of the Atlantic rowing boats, the big, heavy old buggers, um, from from Cornwall to Scotland. Um, and it's about 500 miles, and wow. it's pretty, pretty hardcore. It took about three in it, three over three weeks. Um, how was your nutrition it, through that? Well, how was the food going through that? Well, it was... I was burning every time I was on the oar. So you do two hours on, two hours off. Yeah. Um, non-stop, uh, all through the day, all through the night. And I think for every stretch I was doing two hours, is about 800 calories. Oh, my gosh. So I, I was finding it hard to eat. Did you have a sports eat. dietitian with you? No. Silly. Wow. I mean, that's, you're burning <laughs> a lot. You kind of want someone to just a give lot. you, go, here's your food. You haven't got to think if about it. If you think we were doing 36-hour stretches no we had boil in the bags so we had dehydrated food which is massively calorific Mm -hmm. terrible nutrition um and then you know i've just been spending (laughs) since i've come back the last month well no i've only been back a couple of weeks um getting getting the goodness back in but you know when you're burning that amount of calories i mean you deserve to eat Uh, everything under the sun (laughs) i was literally 
I'll have hamburgers for starter, a pizza for main, and then 18 different types of ice cream for dessert and and not worry about it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yes, this is, in some way, this is great fun. I mean, yeah, but it was hard. It was very hard and the body hurt and um, it's going to make a very, very interesting TV show, that's for, that's for sure. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch it. When is it coming out? When can I watch you it's, on this? Mm, yeah, it's um, November, I'm not sure. It's a week in November, so it's Monday to Friday. So it's five one-hour shows. It's on every day um, in one week? Every day in oh, one week. Wow. And, I, and I think it's just before I'm a celeb. Uh, kicks off. It's the week before in November, and it's I think it's till eight till eight till nine or something on on ITV One. Oh, wicked! Okay, well we'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes for everyone to see. But yeah, <laughs> but Freddie Flintoff was, giggle. was um was hosting it, wasn't presenting he? it. Yeah, yes. And he's yeah. I don't know if you saw, but he was we incredibly brave and honest in his yeah. recent documentary about bulimia. Yeah. And, you know, his bravery to open up men's conversations. You know, did he speak too much about that this documentary was going to come what? out on the I, on the trip? No, I was with him. I was with him literally every day on this on this trip. And and I I did notice that that he wasn't eating with us. But I, I thought that's just because, you know, presenters often don't eat with the um, with the kind of competitors because, mm. you know, you still got to have that kind of that relationship um, where he can still be bossy and we'll still go, yes, Freddie, okay, anything you want, Freddie. Um, so that's what I was saying. But then I just kind of, I look back after seeing, seeing the documentary and going, God, and he took his bike with him everywhere, even wow. though we were, you know, so we would come off onto land and every time he was there, he was non-stop on the bicycle going up the mountains, coming back down in, in, in you know, the different islands whilst running off and filming Top Gear. You know, I was like, wow, he's like flat out. And he just doesn't stop. And then I sat and watched this and I just went, holy mo would not have guessed yeah. what, I mean, just not, not one clue. And how incredibly brave and brilliant. So brave. and So brave. And just been such a cool one of the coolest nicest loveliest people i've ever met and so obviously so popular at the moment can't you know everything he touches turns to gold and to use this particular time where he's like you know an idol and always will be an idol to talk about a bulimia men suffering from eating disorders and mental health i was just like you blinking hero i'm yeah. i'm really really proud of what he's done and um and seen how actually how other men have reacted and mainly how react, he, my partner he? yeah mm -hmm. and um and we ha actually sat down and we after we watched this watched the show you know and there was a few things that i was so we we had a really open conversation for the first time and he really opened up and i didn't realize after that show he then went off and and um seeked therapy on his own accord on his own you know just said right oh i i related there was something in there that i related to and he went off quietly i had no idea mm -hmm. and then um he only told me a couple of days ago and i was like you just brilliant and well done you and he said it's so good and i to talk to someone that doesn't you know 
not that you would judge me, but I, we know each other so well that, you know, you're not going to have, you're not going to have that kind of, you're not going to have, you know, just some, you might or, say something yeah. wrong. Exactly. That, because you're, 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 you're living together. Um, and he said, it was just so brilliant just to, to pick up the phone and just to go, this is how I feel. Worried about this? Is this normal? Da 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 da. And and I tell you, he's been a different person. Um, it's and just I'm so, so important to talk. So oh. important to talk. And I think, I mean, women. Mm. I think will talk more than men, um, but not all Absolutely. of them. But men, it, we yeah. are, especially at the BY Collective, is such a driving force for us. And I think how amazing that that documentary and Freddie really becoming vulnerable because I do think there is also this thing with vulnerability with men where they don't want to show that they're vulnerable um, in any way shape or form because that's not what they're meant to be like which is just so heartbreaking my my other half was ex-military he was you know he was in the special forces so it's especially someone from that background you go what you're you're weak you're that's what they think that's in their head think, and you're yeah. going you're not weak at all this is the this is the most the, the strongest thing i've ever seen him do but in his head he was going i can't i'll be see everyone will see me as weak and he and can't it's actually the opposite it's like going totally to the gym the to build muscle you know it's the same yeah. thing with working with your mental health and you have to look after it and you have to speak yeah. about it and that's why it's so incredible to hear you talk about your mental health yeah. struggles um, and your anxiety and also like you know where you are now in your life you know being yeah. a mother in your 40s after the most incredible and successful one of the most successful careers in the world in, in the modeling industry and what you've done you know and actually hearing that you went through all these hardships because a lot of oh people would have looked yeah. at your life and gone yeah she dealt with that. She had an incredible career. She was perfect. She had no problems. And actually, for you to open up... What has she got to complain about yeah, kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah. And I think so many people look at others and social comparison can be such a detrimental thing. And as you said, fantastic. Social media can have so many incredible outlets. You know, a lot. it can mm-hmm. be fantastic for a lot of things, but it can also be very detrimental in that side of it. Terrifying. Have you seen The Social Dilemma? Oh my gosh! I've had three people tell me to see this week. I'm I'm gonna watch it this weekend. It's terrifying. I'm just absolutely terrified to watch it. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant because we all need to get together to change it. And if we change it, yeah, and we all aware of it, then then we can you know we can change it. But we have to. We, we have, have to. to. We have to for absolutely. India for India's sake for, for the all new our generation. kids. Yeah. yeah, you know. Well, I just want to finish off with after yes. up, which is actually really good. So people can now know what to watch this weekend, but. I want to know some quick fire questions and then I want to end on oh one more goodness. topic. Okay, so okay. quick fire questions, bit of nutrition, yeah. bit of fashion. Okay, and you can just answer one or the other. So, tea okay. or coffee? Tea. Guacamole or hummus? Ooh, that's <laughs> really hard. Is this what, how I make them? If if it's how I make them, guacamole. Okay. Yeah, you can't be homemade guacamole. Wine yeah. or spirits? Wine. One piece of kitchen equipment that you could not live without? My saucepan. Oh. Your ideal dinner date? <laughs> David Abra. Oh, great one. Um, trainers or hills? Yes. Did you say hills? I'm six two. Oh, yeah. oh no, it's trainers. trainers. I'm six. I'm six two. <laughs> so true. Um, favorite restaurant? 
Half Moon in Curdford when we're open. Um, <laughs> if not, um, if not, if not, if not, uh, I love the Hand and Flowers in Marlowe. Oh, okay. I've not been there. I'll pop that on my list. Oh, it's wonderful. It's really good. Tom okay. Kerridge. Oh, okay. Can't go miss. And then no. best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, um, don't regret. Just learn off your mistakes. Enjoy the highs, but never look back and regret. And what? that's really good advice. Who gave you that? Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember. It's just something that's that's stuck yeah, in your mind I don't know Fantastic. yeah it's stuck in my mind I probably did myself <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a great piece of advice and what does be well mean to you oh very very important it's something that needs to become much more integrated with every single uh, walk of life not only kind of fashion um, but it's it's something that we need to we need to all be associated with it if you know or just to understand it um if you if if you know what i'm am i making sense yeah it needs to be more every day yeah. you know yeah we need um, to and much more part of our lives i couldn't agree more i could not agree more oh jody thank you so much for coming on to live well be well my god i hope i haven't made everyone really depressed no you haven't you've given great <laughs> oh, god, advice great advice it's been great thank you oh thank you so much for having me and i cannot wait to send you that text when when we're open and to get you down and walk you around the the veggie garden and meet I, indy and i'll um, be in heaven and and sit in front of a log fire um having a lovely roast oh that sounds like the sunday dream oh, i really hope that can happen soon i really <laughs> hope thank you for listening to live well be well i hope you really enjoyed the episode i adored speaking to jodie she has such a love for life and the fact that she is open to sharing her vulnerability and expressing her stories with her anxiety to us and our community i'm so thankful because it's these people that allow change to happen and the more we start talking the more we can start approaching these really hard issues that so many of us face in our day-to-day lives if you enjoyed the episode um i can't wait to share with you the next one please make sure you do subscribe to be the first to know when it's coming out. Please do leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. And I always love hearing your positive feedback. Um, It gives me so much joy to know that you are enjoying the episodes. So thank you all lastly to you guys for listening. It means so much. And until next time, I hope you all live well and be well. Before you go, I have something new to tell you about. There's brand new bonus content waiting for you with every new guest I speak to. These are exclusively for my inner circle of Apple subscribers. To listen now, head to the Live Well Be Well show page on Apple Podcasts, where you can activate your free trial and you can enjoy the podcast without adverts.